Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we'll be continuing our study in the book of Acts, and this will be our fourth installment in this new book study, and I'm looking forward to diving deeper into this opening chapter. Now, if you have missed any of our prior Bible studies, they are all available for you via our podcast and the podcast is found wherever podcasts can be located. Just type in Striving for Revival. It's free to subscribe. Once you subscribe, then you can access all of the Bible studies and all of the uh, short sermons and things that we've done through the years. It's all there via the podcast. That'll be a help to you. I know sometimes you might miss us on the radio. You can always catch us when you have the time there on the podcast. I hope you're having a great day today, and uh, I don't know what day you'll hear me. This might be be a record, uh, played on your station at a later date, but it is prayer meeting night here, Wednesday, as I record this, and I want to challenge you, even if it's not Wednesday, it's still good for you to hear it. Every time your church has a service, do your best to be faithful and get in the pew, and I don't know about you, but I need that shot in the arm in the middle of the week, a little bit of church on Wednesday night, and we don't cut it down, and we don't just uh, give a little, uh, you know, microwaved version of church. We have full services on Wednesday, and I challenge you to do the same. It's amazing how people, Christian people, will flock to a political rally and think they're doing something to better America, or they'll... Uh, you know, go do something else. And, and it's not, not a problem to go out on a weeknight and take part of whatever that thing is. But then prayer meeting comes up and they find an excuse. Nothing will be done uh, that is any more effective in helping turn the tide in our country than what is done at the prayer meeting. And let me challenge you, get there on Wednesday nights or if you do Thursday, whenever day you do it. But that midweek service, don't neglect it. Don't, uh, don't skirt it, but be there and bring an amen with you and ask God to do a powerful work in the middle of the week. I love Wednesday night. I know folks are kind of tired. They've worked all day. There's been school and teen soul winning and different things that happen around here, but there's just something about opening the Bible. When God breaks the bread of life and passes that out to his people, you just can't beat it. There's nothing like it. Now, Acts chapter number one, I said Acts is a transitional book. It's a historical record of the church in its earliest form, and we'll see these Christians that go forth and begin to obey the commission and preach the gospel to every creature, and there'll be some things that take place in the book of Acts that you will find cease after the completion of the Bible, and there are some interim gifts, sign gifts, miracles, wonders, things of that nature that God used to solidify and authenticate the message of these apostles and early Christians to the masses. The Jews Jews sought after a sign. They still do. And so God used signs to help validate the gospel ministry to Jewish people. Largely, the beginning of the book of Acts, the first, I don't know, nine, ten chapters especially, are largely Jewish. The apostles are going to their own. Now, there will be some uh, Gentile individuals, of course, that get saved, but not until the apostle Paul is called and sent specifically to be a chosen vessel to the Gentiles do you see the gospel going uh, to the uttermost. Now, as we've read Acts chapter 1, for context, Christ has resurrected 
This is post-Calvary, and he's shown himself alive by many infallible proofs. I'm glad he's not dead. I'm glad he's alive. And he, he met with his disciples. He taught them. He spent time with them 40 days. Now he's about to ascend to the Father. Before he ascends, the last thing Christ says to his people is to tarry, to wait, that a promise will be fulfilled. And the promise is this in verse 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus had been with these men. They had been with him. They'd watched him preach and heard him pray and seen him witness, but now he'll be taken from them. But the promise of John 14, 15, 16, that portion of your Bible where he said another comforter will come, is now fulfilled. The Holy Ghost of God is going to uh, come upon these believers to empower them to be effective. God does not just say, go do the will of God and figure it out, but rather he says, do the will of God and I'm going to help you accomplish the will of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 9 through 11, we studied last Bible study, and those three verses major on the ascension of Christ, the, the, the moment when Jesus was taken up raptured out of this world in a cloud, taken to heaven, where he is now at the right hand of the Father as our high priest, our mediator, our advocate. He's there by the mercy seat. Thank God the atonement is there and shall be forever. Christ is at the right hand of the majesty on high. And these disciples that were walking saw him taken away, and these angels appeared to them. We talked about that, two men in white apparel. Angels aren't uh, ladies floating around with harps and wings and halos, but they're men in the Bible, you'll find. And now these men say, why, why, why are you gazing up into heaven? Uh, what they're saying is, why are you looking so sadly, longingly, like you'll never see Jesus again? They say, this same Jesus that was taken up from you into heaven shall so come again in like manner as you've seen him go. Say, hey, Jesus is coming again. You'll see him again. He's going to come back one of these days. And that's a consolation for the Christian that one of these days we shall see him. We'll see the Lord. We'll hear his shout and we'll be out of here. The trump will blow and we'll get out of this place, trade uh, earth for eternity and a sinful creation for a celestial city. We'll get out of this place and dwell with God. Rapture's on the way. Jesus is coming. All right, now verse 12, some new verses for us. It says, Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called all of it. So Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. By the way, he'll return the second phase of the second coming after the tribulation period. He'll return to the Mount of Olives. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath's day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Now, it says an upper room. It could also just say it's the upper room. I think it is the same room that they met in for the last, what we call the last supper, the Lord's table. And I believe probably these men who are from Galilee, so they were not at home, they were displaced, they're not from Jerusalem. I don't doubt that these men probably made that upper room or the home that held that upper room, probably that was their lodging. And so they're gathered there. So these disciples come back and they go to that upper room where Jesus had spent that last supper, that Passover dinner uh, meal observance with his disciples. They're in that upper room, and it tells us who is there, Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zealots, that's Simon the Canaanite, Simon Zealots, and Judas the brother of James, not Judas Iscariot, he's in hell uh, by this point, but Judas the brother of James. Now, verse number 14 is a key 
to what we see unfold after this in the book of Acts. I think that if it had not been for this, you might not have seen that. It's imperative, it's important, and it's very necessary to make note of it that verse 14 is the key. Verse 14 is something you can do without a budget. It is something you can do without nice facilities. It is something you can do without a whole lot of training. It is something you and I can do without needing to organize or plan or have a conference. Here's what it is. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So there is a unity of spirit, but that unity of spirit is centralized it is compartmentalized. It is surrounded within the bounds of prayer and supplication. What are they unified in? They are unified in the fact they're seeking God. They're unified in the fact that they're longing to hear from heaven. They're unified in the fact that they are carrying for that touch that was promised them in verse number eight. They were willing to do what Jesus said in verse four, but wait for the promise. So they're waiting, but they're not just wasting the waiting period. They are praying through the waiting period and they're praying in harmony. If you can get a bunch of Christians on the same page, especially on the same page, agreeing in prayer, there is so much possibility and potential, I don't have adequate words to preach it to you today. If all of us would agree to pray, and we'd pray with direction, and pray with purpose, and pray toward the same target, but we had that unified effort and that unified spirit about us, what might God do? When's the last time all the bus workers got together and prayed together? When's the last time all the Sunday school teachers got together, banded together, and prayed together? When's the last time the choir huddled up someplace and prayed together? together. When's the last time the pastoral staff uh, didn't have so many staff meetings, but had some prayer meetings together? What about that? If we band together in one accord in prayer and supplication, now they met with the women. So all of these ladies that had been followers of the Lord and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. So the disciples are there. Mary is there. The brothers, uh, the family of Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary, his half siblings are there as well. And all of these people are gathered in prayer and we'll see as we get into chapter two later that prayer produced something powerful that's all of our time for today until next time pray for revival thank you for joining us today for striving for revival with justin cooper assistant pastor at north valley baptist church in santa clara california listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival